Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And appreciate those of you who are up and at them early on this uh, Tuesday morning on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, uh, to our buddy MNO Bogosian, who's uh, getting on our case before the show even starts. Birds 365 needs to take their name more literally. Literally, mm-hmm. I've been waiting three days since the L. Well, number one, no, we didn't schedule the game on Saturday. The NFL did. So don't blame us for that. And yes, as a uh, group, as a company, as a, a gathering, we took a holiday yesterday. Uh, sorry, we're humans, just like you, I'm sure. And, yeah, we and, didn't. Oh, we didn't. Not been we working didn't. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. Yeah. Everybody needs a little downtime. And we all need a little downtime after what happened. On we Saturday. didn't schedule Christmas Day when Christmas Day was either. So, yeah, the holiday was Monday. By the way, Birds 365 refers to the YouTube channel. All the interviews are clipped. So you can watch Eagle stuff uh, 24-7, 365. So, right. Yeah, but occasionally, obviously, we don't work on weekends and every once in a while uh yeah we get a holiday like everybody else we're not live 365 but we are available 365 because as johnny correctly points out it's there for you anytime you want to go back and watch it but you want new live updated info and we've got that for you for the next two hours here on birds 365 uh, updated info, yeah, now the pain is sunk in. It started to subside. The Eagles came up short against the Cowboys down in Dallas. Johnny and I are going to break it down for you the next couple hours. But if you're looking for a surprise out of either one of us, you're not going to get it because 
both John and I picked the Cowboys to win this game. It's not the end of the world. No. Uh, I don't even care about the game now that Wayne Johnson and Avante Maddox are hurt. That's the bigger concern for me. The game is like, ugh, all right. You know, we, we go back to the schedule, Joe. Do you remember when the schedule was released? We talked about this spot. I thought it was going to be difficult from from day one. I look at it, you know, if you want to play glass this half bowl, a lot of people say, I'm, you know, depending on who you like, who you dislike, I'm either negative or optimistic. In this case, I'm going to be optimistic because what I saw as a backup quarterback who hasn't played in a year throw for 355 yards, there was some rust, no question about it, but they turned it over four times. This team is 13-0, and Jody, when they don't turn it over four times. I mean, there's there's a solid correlation there. You know, when they take care of the football, they win. When they don't, they lose. And they didn't take care of the football. And you know what? I don't blame Gardner for that because I think Quez Watkins should have fought for the ball a little bit harder on both of those interceptions. Now, they weren't great throws. I'm not going to say they were great throws. Well, you got fight for the ball. You got to help your quarterback. And I think a different receiver would have done that and at least gotten incompletions there. Then you had the mesh point fumble uh, with, and, I, and that's always given to the quarterback statistically. But that was Boston's fault. Um, and and then you have the fumble by Miles Sanders. Uncharacteristic. The Eagles almost went wire to wire, Jody, leading the NFL in turnover ratio. All of a sudden, in one game. It flipped. The Eagles came in plus 12. The Cowboys came in plus nine in second. Now the Cowboys are plus 12 and the Eagles are plus nine. That explains the whole game. <clears throat> Understood. Uh, you're being a little bit more lenient to the quarterback position than I would be. Um, yeah. Uh, Quez Watkins uh, had the ball pulled away from him and that's on Quez. Both of those passes were not good. And the quarterback makes the decision of where to pass the ball. And if you make the decision that you're going to throw a slant middle of the field ball to Quez Watkins, I know he's the backup, but he's there every single day. He watches film. He breaks it down with everybody else. He knows slant passes. Be thinking AJ Brown over the middle. Be thinking Dallas Goddard and or Devontae Smith who certainly is better than Quez Watkins, even though neither one of them are going to win a Mr. Olympic contest. He chose to throw it there, and the ball got picked off, and Quez Sanders uh, <laughs> certainly contributed in lack of toughness, but he's the one who decides where to throw the football. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think both of us mentioned last week leading up to the game, I'm not saying they were good throws. I said that originally. I'm saying, you know, a lot of times when you have backup quarterback, the hope is the rest of the team sort of raises their level to make up for the backup versus the starter. Well, you got to raise your level. You are playing with a backup. There is a little bit of a rust. You got to fight for that football. I'm sorry. If I look, and that, if one guy's a starter and one guy's not, you got to fight for that football question. I'm, I'm, you know, this, it reminded me of that, uh, uh, you know, Cousins Rager incident that we talked about on the show where I'm like, Kirk's got to learn. Kirk's a veteran quarterback. If, if, if that guy's not going to fight for you, don't throw him the football. Hopefully Gardner learned that this week because Kirk learned it real quick with Jalen Rager. Um, 
if you're not going to fight for the football quest, well, guess what? Don't complain about lack of targets. Right. Uh, here's, and I know he's got to run the routes. It's, it's too simplistic. Say, well, just tell Quez to go on the fly every single uh, snap. It, no, because then everybody on the planet knows that you're going to be running the fly in every snap. So he's got to run routes across the field from time to time. <clears throat> Don't mean you have to throw him the ball. Uh, you, you put well, it in there well. to keep the defense honest. When you chose to throw it to him twice over the middle, you, you, you're taking a risk. Yeah, and they pay the price. Hopefully he learns from it. Hopefully he learns from it. If he has to continue playing which is going to be an interesting discussion this week for a it, number of reasons. It will be the number one discussion this week uh, because, yeah, Eagles lost. They didn't clinch the NFC East. They didn't clinch the number one record. They still only have to win one of two games. Their margin of error was this wide. Now it's down to about this. The number one conversation will be Jalen Hurts and his health. And I was on WIP last night, and I'm already, oh, is he going to play? Shouldn't play him. They should play him. Jalen Hurts has to be back. They should still keep him in bubble wrap. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody knows exactly what the Eagles should do, who should be the Eagles' starting quarterback come Sunday against the Saints. What's going to determine that, John? Um, the doctors. Uh, you know, Twitter doctors – you know, go. Who you should play? You should play. I don't. I don't have the information on. On, you know, I did a lot of research on SC joint issues, or which are a little bit uh, more complicated than a sprained shoulder in the AC joint, which is the more common one. Um. So you know, and then there's grade one, grade two, grade three. From the way the Eagles have talked, it sounds to me like a grade two. So right in the middle. Um. You know, grade one would it would probably be a little bit easier to project him back on the field. But the biggest concern to me, and I went to the Stedman Clinic, which is pretty famous. People probably remember it, uh, the number of high-profile surgeries in Denver over the years. You know, you are susceptible for further injury, you know, grade two or above. So I think that kind of determines the fate. If he's susceptible to further injury, well, you can't play him uh, until you get that rest and rehab, and and that would be probably January 21st or January 22nd, the first playoff game, if the Eagles don't implode. Um, But you know what complicates things? If, If there's even a little bit of gray area, no Lane Johnson. All of a sudden... Are you going to put a, a 50-50 quarterback? You know, the offensive line is still great. Jack Triscoll's a, a, a great backup. Who knows? They might move Jordan Mailata, uh, uh over, put Andre Dillard in, blah, blah, blah. Good backup. It ain't Lane Johnson, who hasn't given up a sack in 960 snaps, whatever he's up to. It ain't Lane Johnson. Um, and you're going to put that danger added to the mix. It, it, that's why I think it's it's even more interesting than originally was going to be. Now that you know Lane's not going to be there, right? Then you just called uh, Lane, uh, Jack Driscoll a great backup, and people were calling uh, Gardner Minshew a great backup last week. Guess what? There was a drop off, oh, and this week, drop we, off. excuse me, uh, there's 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 a huge drop off, but they right. are great backups. But they're good backups. But they're backups. They're not all pros. Yeah, that's I, the difference. 
one one Lane Johnson's an all pro. Jalen Hurts is playing like an all pro. That that they have very good backups, but there's a huge drop off from very from all pros to very good backups. Um, I mean, those two things are not mutually exclusive. That reminds me of uh, 35 years ago when a friend of mine was setting me up on a blind date and said, she's got a great personality. That's not a good sign when you hear that. And so is he's a great backup. There's a reason that they're backups because they're not good enough to start plain and simple. And yeah, you're putting Jalen Hurts at that much more risk. If Jack Driscoll is going to be out there, do you believe it will be Jack Driscoll or do you think the Eagles will go the flip-flop route to replace Lane Johnson for a minimum the next two weeks? Um, I think it will be Jack Driscoll unless the belief is that Lane isn't going to be able to play moving forward. Um, and, you know, right off the bat, and I will tell you, and I'm just yelling at Twitter doctors, this is pure speculation, pure speculation. So I don't want anybody to take the baton here. But if you remember, Lane had – an abdominal issue during the Giants game, I believe it was. Um, and then everything runs together. But I'm pretty sure it was the Giants game because I remember talking to him in the locker room. He had to leave that game. And they said, yeah, well, he's day-to-day. He's not that serious. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, he hurts the abdomen again. Tear. It was described as a torn tendon, which is kind of weird kind of a weird description. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm fearful of the dreaded sports hernia, which is, that's a kind of injury that certain guys have tried to fight through. Um, and my belief is Lane will, Lane's one of the toughest guys on this team. He'll try to fight through it. He'll try to show up for the playoffs. But those guys are not the same. That's my fear. Um, but I think he's going to try to play. I think they would only move, consider moving Jordan, if they didn't think Lane was going to come back. In other words, if, if if they assess that he's done for the year, I think that's on the table. If it's only going to be the final two games, I think it's Shaq Driscoll right tackle. Um, so it's kind of, you know, weighing – where they are. And I, I asked Nick Sirianni about moving parts because coaches tend to hate moving parts yesterday. And I got the dreaded good question, which means he's trying to think of an answer without giving something away. And he, and he went down, um, um, you know, a circuitous route, shall we say, depends on the player position, blah, blah, blah. Um, so my, my short answer would be, if he's done for the season, I, I think they would consider moving parts. They think he's coming back, and I think he's coming back. I don't know how effective he's going to be. Then I think they just go with Jack. My short answer is, I'm in agreement with you for one game. I think that Jack Driscoll is your starting uh, right tackle this week see how it goes. If you win, then of course you got uh, the luxury of doing whatever the hell you want for the last regular season game. But if they lose, even if they believe Lane Johnson is coming back, if he plays poorly enough, break down the film, he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain. 
oh, I think they'll flop for the next game against the Giants because it becomes a must-win game. So I think it it depends on a couple different things. Number one, the outcome of that game, and number two, the way that he plays. I don't think they make a in-stone decision. Well, we know Lane will be back in two weeks, so Jackson's going to hold down the fort. We're staying with him for the next two games. I think it's a game-by-game decision leading into the playoffs and yes, then of course you got to factor in uh, your. Well, I do well, admit I'm assuming a win against the Saints because the Saints are god awful. They have a Saints god-awful defense coach. is not god awful. Uh, they have a bad coach. They don't make the right decision at quarterback week after week. Um, that they so quarterbacks am, don't play defense. I am assuming a win over the Saints, um, and I think they will. So it would be interesting. Um, if they don't win that game, because yeah, then I said panic sets in because you just lost to a really bad football team. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, even if, if Gardner plays like he played against the Cowboys, they're beating the saints. Um, and who knows, maybe Jalen's healthy. Um, maybe it's grade one injury. Maybe it's not grade two. Um, and he's able to make it back, and then I think it's an easy win, um, even without Lane Johnson. But, yeah, I mean, panic is going to set in if they somehow lose that game, Jody. No question. And remember, Dallas also has to win, and Minnesota also has to win. So that factors into it as well. Now, Dallas, I believe, plays on Thursday night, so this could all be moot um, if they lose. Um Minnesota, I think, plays later, so they play after the Eagles, um, I believe. But they play in Green Bay, and Green Bay's playing well, and, uh, you know, Dome team, I don't know what the weather's going to be, but I think Green Bay's going to make it their, their annual miracle run to the play. Not annual, but every once in a while they have a bad year and win five or six in a row to make the playoffs. I think that's going to happen. Um, so ultimately I think none of this is going to matter, but there's certainly going to be, if the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, there's going to be some, some panic setting in, shall we say? And I, I would not say that panic was unjustified. If you drop back to back games, they're better than the saints. They're already a six point favorite over the saints. Even with Jalen hurts last week, we know the line moved unbelievably when words started to emanate out, not to media outlets, to gambling outlets, and the point spread jumped yeah. by five points, uh, this one is already established. Howie's probably checking phones at the Novacare complex. Yeah, don't don't That's, know who he's oof. checking with, but uh, they they've already established the fact that with Gardner Minshew, the Eagles are a six point favorite, so they're supposed to win the game. If they don't then yes, I think there is reason for people to start to get nervous here in Philadelphia. All right, Johnny Mac with Johnny Mac, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We got two of our stalwarts joining us today. Coming up within the next couple of minutes, uh, longtime Eagle beat writer Les Bowen is going to jump in and give us his thoughts on where the birds are at after the loss against the Cowboys. And then uh, in hour number two, uh, Chris Franklin jumps in, uh, usually first show after an Eagle loss. I know. Uh, to MNZQRST, I forget uh, what his name was, who uh, said, literally, you guys are supposed to be there 365 days. I haven't been able to find out what you think about the laws. Well, you're going to get it over the next hour and 40 minutes. 
He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Hopefully less Bowen when we return here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the Six ABC Family of Apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. And that guy's here on Birds 365. We are joined by our good buddy, Les Bowen, who's got his camera all set and ready to hang with us. Les, how were your holidays? Wonderful. How about you guys? Very good. Thank you for yeah, asking. Spectacular. Thanks for asking, Les. And uh, well, I guess we'll start uh, with the obvious. Uh, your thoughts on the Dallas game and, and how it unfolded and you know, from my perspective, I'm more concerned about the injuries than the actual loss. But I want to take uh, I want to get your viewpoint on it. Well, that's exactly how I feel. Um, not shocked that they lost, irritated and surprised a little bit by the way they lost. Uh, I kind of thought if they lost, it would be because Gardner Minshew 
you know, hadn't really played all year in, in meaningful situations and, you know, might not be up to the task of, of doing this in Dallas. He was fine. Uh, he played well enough to win. But uh, the four turnovers, and two of them were interceptions, but I don't blame him for either one. I blame Quez Yeah, Watkins. same here. Got to uh, fight for that football, Les. Yeah, the, the four uh, turnovers, the ridiculous uh, third down conversions and fourth down, the fourth and eight, the, the third and 30. Uh, this is something that we've seen before. And it would kind of been vanquished, I thought. Uh, Jonathan Gannon's defense ranks so high in all these categories. But if you can't stop a good team, you know, when it matters, it doesn't really you know, you're not going to get to play against some of these teams that you've dominated in the playoffs. Uh, you're going to have to play good teams. And uh, I was uh, very uh, unimpressed with the way the defense handled that, uh, the, the zone defense thing. I was also, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but Nick Sirianni's press conference yesterday, he was asked about these things. Yeah. Wes Watkins and the zone defense deal where, uh, you know, Dak Prescott was 24 for 24 against the zone, three for 11 against man. And Nick is, is a great guy, nicest man in the world, uh, good coach. But they've gotten him to the point now, and I think this is from Howie Roseman and from the Eagles media relations staff. They got him to the point where he just won't answer anything. I know. It, <laughs> he goes on these filibusters. You know, if you ask him about the zone defense, he, he starts listing types of zone defenses. <laughs> that's like Chip Kelly or something. You know, that's just useless. We yeah, don't we did get a lot of cover two, cover four, cover six. Yeah. yeah, and then you have cover five, and then you then of course there's cover three. You know, just tell us, did you play too much zone? You know, that's what we're asking here. Uh, Quez Watkins, you know. Does he need to be stronger on the ball? You know, we don't want, you know, the question, the questioner meant well, but it was, you know, there have been a certain number of interceptions involving Quez Watkins. And so Nick starts debating, let's see, the one in the Chicago game, I don't really remember, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. No. The question is, does Quez Watkins need to be stronger on the ball? Why isn't he stronger on the ball? You know, and, you can't get a straight answer anymore out of the guy. And it's kind of, that, that's irritating to me as well. All right. So when Nick wouldn't admit it at yesterday's press conference, he can be a spinmeister when he needs to. I'll ask you what uh, I asked John in, in the first segment of the show. Gardner Minshew chose to throw the ball in the middle of the field to Quez Watkins. Yeah. Isn't that on the quarterback as much as it on the receiver who doesn't come away with a 50-50 ball? If you know you're throwing it to the guy and if this wasn't some kind of revelation, oh, my God, Quez Watkins yeah. is going to lose a 50-50 ball. No, we all knew that ahead of time, and he did it twice in the game on Saturday. Don't you look at the quarterback and or the play design to go, well, why are you even sending Quez into the middle of the field on a key play? I would go along with the second part of that, Jody, the play design. With Gardner Minshew, I mean, he's going to do what they tell him to do. This is his first start of the year. I don't think he really has a a real – But Hold on. On those plays, do you really believe that Quez is the first option? 
Quez on a slant is the first option on a play. I, I'm doubting that highly. I'm doubting that was I think, Gardner. I think we got frozen. The yeah, there we go. Now I'm back, right? Yeah, we okay. got you, Les. So, I don't think Gardner Minshew really knows these guys that intricately. <laughs> I think they tell well, why, him, you why know, the you throw this he? receiver the on this play. Hold on. He's the backup quarterback of the Eagles. Why wouldn't he know him intimately? He's been there every single day this year, right? Well, he, I don't think he really the gets backup, a lot of reps. Yeah, the backup doesn't starters, get reps but, with the uh, starters, Jody. He runs yeah, the Yeah, I just team. think, you know, I think he's in a position where they tell him to throw the ball to this guy, throws the ball to this guy. He's not going to take command of this and say, no, I'm going to throw it to somebody else, you know, I think that's, it's more on the coaches that they, and, and frankly, I didn't know going to this game that Quez Watkins was going to get out muscled for those two balls. I know, you know, his forte is the long ball down the field, but I, other than that one interception against Chicago, I'm not sure I really knew that he couldn't, you know, stand up for himself on a ball over the middle. Um, that is a that is something they really need to address with Aaron Moorhead, the the receivers coach, and uh, you know Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator. You know why is this happening? Why can't this guy do this? He's not like it's not like he's five two and one hundred and fifty pounds or something. You know what's the deal on this? But yeah, that was really irritating. It, it was uh, they lost for reasons that were within their control. I think was the thing that probably bothered most people. It wasn't because Jalen Hurts was injured. Uh, it might have been a little bit because Avante Maddox was injured on the zone defense thing. Uh, but they lost a game they could have won. And if they had won it, things would look a lot simpler right now in terms of what they do going <laughs> forward with yeah. all these injuries. Yeah. I would say to Jody's point, I mean, you're right, Les, that Gardner, you know, is going to do what he's told, but there are progressions, you know, maybe he got off his first progression and got to Quez in that aspect. But, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're the quarterback and somebody's out there, you got to be able to trust if you throw the football. And they weren't great throws. I'm not trying to dismiss any culpability from Gardner Minshew, but I'm just saying if you have a backup quarterback in in the game, the thought process for the rest of the team is almost you, you have to elevate. You have to help the guy a little bit. He's not the starter. And if the ball's coming your way, you got to fight for it. It doesn't matter if you're A.J. Brown. You know, we talk about Devontae Smith and his weight since he came in. And I don't know if we have frozen less or or I think less. I'm back now. There, there we are. said it. Yeah, I don't know what's um, going on with this. But so I don't know sorry. if you heard that, Les. But, you know, if a guy's on the field and Nick Sirianni's jumping on the sword to protect him, oh, no, Quest doesn't have an issue. He's got to fight for the football. You know, that's that's part of the gig. In my estimation, Jody, I think we lost Les again. Yeah, he's freezing up on us again um and yeah i'm not uh, i'm not looking to give uh quez watkins a free pass shame on him that he didn't fight more hard uh for the ball i'm just saying that it was a combined effort i think gardner's getting more uh of a free pass than 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 quez watkins okay. is and i don't agree with that i think they both should share in the culpability of that um and those two balls certainly were ones that the eagles could have come down with and two balls on the ground, less two fumbles yesterday, yeah. Saturday in the game that Eagle players had their hands on and neither one came up with. Uh, yeah. Dak fumble, Linval Joseph basically had it. Now he lost it. I'm not sure. 
the Miles Sanders fumble. Jack Driscoll had it in his hands. He just couldn't come up with it. 50-50 balls decide games. And the Eagles, through Nick Sirianni, talk all the time about, we got to win a turnover battle. We can't give up chunk plays. We'll get to the chunk plays, third and 30, in just a second. But how much was it disheartening that the Eagles lost the 50-50 balls in that game to the Cowboys? Well, the whole turnover thing has really uh, flipped in the second half of the season. Uh, I think Ruben Frank from NBC uh, 10 and, uh, you know, and some other people have made a, a chart of that. You know, the Eagles were leading the league in turnover margin, and they've been the worst in the league for you know, over the last several weeks. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's week one, just... week one through week nine. They were obviously they they were first in the league coming into this week, but they were really spectacular. And then week 10 through week 16, worst, 32nd in the league. Um, yeah, it, it, some of that is, you know, maybe they were a little lucky in some of those early yeah. games, and yeah. that evens out the bounces, you know. The, but I did a little bit of a study of this several weeks ago. You, you, you can – the number of turnovers you get is kind of random. It has to do with the quarterbacks you're playing – uh, you know, and, and luck, but teams turnover margin isn't all that random. If you look at it at the end of the year and, and look at this year's stats, last year's stats, year before, year before that, it tends to be some of the same teams. Uh, yeah. There are teams that take care of the ball. You know, that part of it, you do control. Um, the part where somebody throws you an interception, maybe you don't control, but the part of it where you have the ball and, and, you know, that part you do control. And it's really maddening that they've suddenly got into this habit of, of losing, uh, losing the ball. And then both running backs, you know, that Boston Scott had what, like three snaps or something Saturday and he lost yeah. the ball in one of them, you know, and he's a reliable guy. I it's uh, yeah, it was, it was a very, it was kind of a silly loss and it's, you know, I'm sure from a fan's point of view, it's allowing, you know, the Dallas fans, you know, to crow about how they won this game. And, you know, it proves this and it proves that and it proves the other thing. And it was just I other than Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, I I didn't see much out of Dallas at all that I thought was was that impressive. Now, I mean, Dallas gave up 355 passing yards to a backup quarterback. I mean, and and that was with some mistakes uh, mixed in. And they've struggled pretty mightily since they lost their second corner, Anthony Brown. Um, But from the Eagles, the ball security standpoint, because I've asked Les this – sorry, I've asked Nick this question. I've asked Jonathan Cannon this question from the defensive perspective. And they hate that term luck. They hate it. Yeah, oh, we rep this, Les. We rep yeah, it. it. We exists, rep it. Though, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It exists. This proves it exists. Yeah. Week one through nine, you're off the charts. Week ten through sixteen, you're worst in the NFL. If that doesn't prove it, I don't know what proves it. You know, Boston Scott, though. You're right. He's a reliable guy. But I've always questioned this, Les. You go all the way back to week one in Detroit, that first game. Boston doesn't play, doesn't play, doesn't play, doesn't play, doesn't play. All of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, he's getting three straight carries in the biggest aspect of the game. I, I've never understood their usage pattern 
with the running backs. And I still, and it finally jumped up and bit him. You know, mm-hmm. Boston doesn't play, doesn't play, doesn't play. Screws up the mesh point with a backup quarterback. So yeah. remember, he's typically working that play with Jalen Hurts. Right. Um, it finally jumped up and bit him a little bit. Good point. And I noticed that earlier in the game, if you remember very early, first or second touchdown drive, they ended up with Kenny Gainwell in goal line. Yeah. I guess because it was his turn. <laughs> and they were trying to run Kenny Gainwell up the middle in short yardage. And finally, Minshew had to get it himself. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, that wasn't a Kenny Gainwell situation. Uh, but somehow it was his, the rotation ended up being with him uh, being the, the, the ball carrier. Yeah, that's a very good point. We don't know who you know, in the old days, Deuce Staley decided yeah, what running back yeah. was in on what down. We don't know how that is, is done today. All right, time for a little role play. And I'll ask each of you to play the role of the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni. Uh, one of the questions I would have liked to see him get asked was, um, if we can all agree and stipulate that the Eagles work less than the Eagles used to work. Most everybody in the NFL does. It's certainly collectively bargained. You can't have massive three-hour practices and the like. But even within the limitations of the CBA, the Eagles work less than other teams. That's their MO. That's what they've decided. That's what they've done. And when they weren't dealing with injuries, we had to give them credit. Hey, maybe the Eagles know better than everybody else. So my question to Coach would be, Coach, can we now say that the work less – means safer and healthier players has gone out the window because of the spate of injuries that you'd have had over the last couple of weeks. He can't give as an answer. Well, there's randomness and luck to that. No, there's not. You don't, you don't acknowledge randomness and luck coach. You say it's all in reps. Well, you're doing less reps. Is it fair to question the Eagles doing less to protect their players isn't working because they're getting key, key players injured at the most important time of the year. What do you say, Coach? I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I don't know that there's enough evidence over the last few weeks to make the whole thing uh, moot. Uh, you know, they have had some injuries here over the course of the season, though. Yeah, uh, I think we last froze uh, up. On froze last All right, you step in and play the part of Jonathan uh, of Nick Sirianni. Uh, how do you get away with answering that question without going to randomness or luck? Well, a he does use luck for injuries, um, so he he could default to that. But uh, you can't rep injuries. You can't not rep injuries. But I I I would say, and I think that's where Les was going. But I'll let Les speak for himself. Over the whole season, they're still, you know, above the mean when it comes That's to what injuries compared yeah. to other teams. So yeah. they've had a better season than most teams, but I'll let Les jump in. Yeah, that, that is exactly what I was going to say. I, I think they have they still don't have as many season ending injuries as, as most teams. And but it is, you know, it's a long season and uh, you know, there's nothing, there's no philosophy that's going to inculcate you against uh uh some some injuries uh but it is the injuries are a very big concern here at this point it's a bad time to be suffering these uh really kind of open-ended uh we don't know where they're going kind of injuries 
Uh, well, one I, I want to jump specifically to is is Lane Johnson for this reason. We we all know. I mean, Lane's been unfortunately out enough over the years to see the difference when he's on the field and off the field. Yeah. So you have that aspect of it. But here's my other concern, Les. You know, people are saying Jalen Hurts should get back on the field. Uh, you know, at at, at you're, you're all pro right tackles now injured. Um, and if there's any gray area with Jalen Hurts, that changes my thinking. Does it yeah. change your thinking that Lane's not out there? Well, I just think you have a 24-year-old quarterback, and that's his throwing shoulder. You're not talking about his pinky or his ankle or something like that. You know, I think you take every precaution with Jalen Hurts' throwing shoulder. You know, if there's any – the way it was explained to me by a doctor who has treated these injuries is if you – there, I forget which one was anterior and which one was posterior, but if you re-injure it, and it gets knocked this way, it's probably okay. But if it gets knocked the other way, it can be, it can drainage nerves and all kinds of stuff. You know, you, you don't want to mess with that. <laughs> you know, I know this is all very important, but you don't want to mess with that. And Jalen Hurts throwing shoulder, I'm sorry. You know, there's nothing that's that important. Um, but yeah, it, not having Lane Johnson really ups the ante on that. And even looking at it aside from Jalen Hurts' injury, not having Lane Johnson makes them a much less formidable playoff opponent if it comes to that. And we don't know. You know, they said yesterday they were hoping to have him back for the playoffs, and I yeah. saw people on social media jumping all over that like, oh, he'll be back for the playoffs. Oh, it'll all be fine. We have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hope that's the case. You know what I fear less? The dreaded sports hernia. Yeah. Yeah, that's and and Lane is topping up. And I told Jody Lane is topping up that he's going to try to play. Right. But we've seen guys try to play through that injury. Will he be effective? Yeah, Yeah, that's the Uh, thing. It's you have to have your core. You know, if you have a back or groin or core injury. Power, you know, explosiveness, things like that go out the window. And that's what makes him a good player. It's not because he's you know, 360 like Jordan Mylotta because he isn't, you know, it's his athleticism. And if he can't have that, then they're in a little bit of trouble. Here's where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. If they lose this week to the Saints, which neither John or I think it's going to happen, but uh, you can't just write it in ink just yet that it's a W. But if you lose, then you really need to win that last game of the season. They've already made the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. If you just say, hey, you got to get in the playoffs. Well, they've already accomplished that. But there is a huge difference between being the number one seed and the number five seed. Maybe the oh, Cowboys yeah. do a solid to them and lose uh, earlier and they don't have to sweat it then. And that gives you another week of rest for Lane Johnson. Does the difference between playing week one in the playoffs and not playing in week one in the playoffs play into the decision they make whether Jalen Hurts goes or not. If he's that 90% guy, and not 100, not 75, he's in that middle ground, do you uh, uh, allow for some wiggle room there uh, with the difference between winning the division and not? To me, only if it's clear that he can't, that he's at so well healed that he can't worsen this injury 
you know, and really mess himself really? up. You're not, you're not put, you're not factoring any risk in for the importance, the magnitude of that game to beat the Giants if they lose to the Saints. Not, not risk in terms of, you know, disaster. No, I mean, if he's not here for the playoffs, I don't think 2017 is happening again. You know, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with Gardner Minshew. Uh, if there's a danger of his right shoulder, you know, getting worse, and maybe there isn't, you know, I don't know. I, I have yeah. no idea. But uh, if, if there's a danger that he can really mess up his right shoulder, no, you don't play him. Like you said, they're in the playoffs. I mean, it would be better to have the extra week. It would be vital to have the extra week. But you're talking about, Jalen Hurts' right shoulder here, you know? I mean, I I, I keep saying that. Um, another injury that is perhaps even more serious, because you got to parse through these things, as you yeah. know, Les, and the term with Abonte Maddox was indefinitely, which yeah. is worse than hopeful. Yeah. And he was spotted in a walking boot after the game, another not good sign. Um if I were a betting man, I would not expect to see Avante Maddox in that first round of the playoffs, wherever it is, whether right. you get the extra week or not. Um, they didn't handle it well in game in Dallas. Now no. he had missed four games with the hamstring earlier. <clears throat> Josiah Scott had some ups and downs. The Eagles have to start thinking about moving pieces around, moving yeah, parts around to deal with the absence of Avante Maddox. Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of weird. It, Avante was all over the TV screen the first uh Yeah, he was playing a great game. That game. Yeah. He was like yeah. the, the most visible player on the Eagles defense. He did let uh, Dak out of his grasp there for a key uh, conversion one time, but uh, he was playing very, very well, and suddenly when he was gone, it was open season in the middle of the field. I guess you have to hope that C.J. Gardner-Johnson comes back healthy and helps that situation, and maybe Josiah Scott is more effective with C.J. in there than Reed Blankenship, but that's another thing we don't know. And In fact, Nick Sirianni, I, I kind of winced a little bit about what he said yesterday about yeah. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He didn't say, oh, he's great, he's fine, he's wonderful, and we'll be out there and he'll be practicing. You know, this is a lacerated kidney, uh, and just because it's been four weeks doesn't mean that he's ready to play. Um, they kind of need him, I think. You know, certainly uh, maybe not to beat the Saints, but the Saints have won a couple games here, and you're talking about, you know, you're going to rest this guy and you can't play this guy, and you know, you get to a point where suddenly this game gets a little dicey if you if you're yeah. talking about too many I guys. I think Tom Brady helped the Eagles a little bit because I think the Saints would have had a lot of hope yeah. if, if if the Bucks lost that game. Right. Here comes Tom Brady. <laughs> Wins yeah, who only one. plays like the last few minutes and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the overtime anymore. The rest of the game, he's terrible. It's like he's in the NBA or something. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let me get down the record with this. Uh, we know that Avante Maddox uh, indefinitely means certainly the rest of the regular season and maybe significantly longer thereafter. But Lane Johnson and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the Johnson brothers, Johnson and Johnson, are to be determined. Do you handle them in the same way? Do you hold them to the same standards 
of not risking further injury the same way you do with Jalen Hurts? Probably not. Uh, now, it depends on that. I mean, a, a lacerated kidney, I mean, certainly you don't want to mess with that. I mean, I, I think that's the sort of thing that he has to be – the tests have to show that it's healed before he plays. I, I think it would be irresponsible to play somebody with a lacerated kidney. The Lane Johnson thing, they can probably shoot him up and I don't know, I, you know, like we were saying earlier, he can try to play with it. He's 30 some years old. You know, it's, you're not looking at a guy who's got his whole career ahead of him and you're risking some horrible, uh, you know, thing here. He's played with injuries before he's had surgeries before. I, I have a different attitude toward him uh, a little bit in that the position he plays and the type of injury it is, you're probably not looking at doing anything to him that's going to resound through the years or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think there's a good chance Lane shows up and tries to play, as John said, in the playoffs. I don't know whether that means he'll be good. Uh, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson, yeah, you, you know, you just have to see if a lacerated kidney is healed. At Les Bowen on Twitter, uh, you can follow Les there, read his Eagles musings on Facebook these days, still does a tremendous job breaking down the games and such. I'll leave you with this, Les. I, I do think whether it's by the Cowboys losing a game, the Vikings losing a game, people forget that part of the equation. Yes. Those teams have to win out. Um, I think the Eagles are going to get that number one seed. And – if they do, they are set up like 2017. They only got to win two games at home to get uh, to the Super Bowl. Anybody of concern that you think that could come into Lincoln Financial Field in difficult weather, difficult environment, that could pull it off and stop the Eagles, even with all these injuries? Yeah. You know, I assume Jalen's going to be there, but right. anybody – scare you the team i think the lane johnson thing uh suddenly makes san francisco a lot more scary with their defensive line i was not you know a team playing its third quarterback i was kind of you know regardless of how well he's played right now uh, yeah typically I was not as write that team off but you can't write off san francisco <laughs> it's pretty amazing in fact i think we lost less one more time in fact, Jody, they're a little bit better since Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah. Coming. I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that they've been a little bit better. That's what I thought was going to happen with Trey Lance. not, And it's happened with Brock Purdy. The yeah. 49ers have gotten a little bit better, Les. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what to make of that. I, the teams they're playing, I don't know. But I, I do think without Lane Johnson, suddenly San Francisco looks like a tougher task than it looked before. And, you know, I just don't know how to, some of these other teams, you don't know what to make of them. I, I really don't think, again, Dallas, I'll, I'd be shocked if with Jalen Hurts healthy and, you know, uh, some kind of help in the middle, Gardner Johnson, you know, hopefully uh, I'd be, I'd be, shocked if the Eagles couldn't handle Dallas here in a playoff game but San Francisco I worry about yeah 
and Brock Purdy's uh, three games as a starter for the 49ers, quarterback ratings, uh, passer ratings, 134, 117, 114. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Eagles backup quarterback coming off the bench put up an 84 the other day. So, um, yeah, sometimes guys can come off the bench despite the fact that he's not getting any reps out there in San Francisco. He was capable of stepping in and uh, performing to a higher level than Gardner Minshew did. So uh, there is absolutely reason to give respect, if not fear, to the San Francisco 49ers. Less good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Always a pleasure, buddy. We will certainly be getting you back on come playoff time. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Good to talk to you. Take care, guys. Happy New Year. Thank you, Les. Our pleasure. Happy New Year. Another guy I'm jealous of because he gets to wear a green shirt because he's not in front of a green screen. So he gets to wear, and Dama wears green, and all our guests wear green, and McMullen and I go to the uh, dark T-shirt, basically, on a day in. Johnny Cash, baby. Johnny Cash. Got to go with the Johnny Cash wardrobe. Johnny Cash working. All right, McMullen and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, coming back more to break down from the Eagles and the Cowboys and the overall NFC. Um, Coming up in less than 25 minutes. We will talk to Chris Franklin from NJ.com, who jumps on with us usually day after an Eagle game. It's a couple of days after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you complaining about us not being 365 on the stream, yeah, we took it a couple of days off. Did you really want us to come on here and, and point out where the Eagles came up short against the Cowboys? We, we let it breathe a little bit, but we're breaking, down, breaking it down for you now here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? 
The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. John McBone and Jody McDonald, you Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. After just the second loss of the season, beaten by the Cowboys on Saturday, Christmas Eve, before a Christmas off. And we were off yesterday. Glad to be back with you here on Birds 365. And yeah, if you guys uh, are not happy with the fact that I pointed out that uh, the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, hold on, let me correct myself. The third string quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers is well out playing the backup quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here, let me make you feel better, Eagle fans. Here's a backup quarterback that Gardner Minshew is much better than. How about that, St. Nick Falls last night? Oof. 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 Not, not, not good for the Super it's almost Bowl here. Like, uh, yeah. Now, I will say, look, Brock's playing great, uh, you know. There's surprising to me, you know. And oh, by I, the way, the last week and a half, at least, without Debo Samuel, he's yeah. down one of his biggest weapons. Samuel got hurt uh, two weeks ago, and he's still putting up those unbelievable numbers. Yeah, and it, you know me. I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. So, you know, it's nice to have skim, him scheming it up. But, you know, Shane and Nick are pretty good as well here. I would still say Kyle's the best. Uh well, you know, he didn't do that with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance in the little time that he played. So you got to give Brock Purdy a lot of credit. The only thing I'll say about pass rating, and I've said this before, it, the whole thing, I don't like it for this reason. Completely skewed by interceptions. So if you have interceptions, you have a bad passer rating. Now, a lot of times, and we, we have debated, we can debate, um, you know, who's fault, who's got more culpability. They both have some culpability, but who's more, who's less. The point is it, 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 it skews the whole formula. So, you know, there are times where it's not a quarterback's fault completely, complete, I mean, obvious that it's not the quarterback's fault, but he's the one who pays when it comes to statistics and passer rating which is why I'm not a big fan of that particular statistic because interceptions skew it way too much. And, you know, by the way, the other end of the spectrum, you know, if you don't throw a lot of interceptions, sometimes, sometimes, not in the case of Jalen Hurts this year, not in the case of Aaron Rodgers over pretty much the majority of his career, but sometimes with other quarterbacks, it means you're not taking chances. You're not throwing the football down the field. You're not pressing the defense. So I, I wouldn't just point to that number and say, boom. I think Gardner Minshew, my point, my overriding point, has nothing to do with Brock Purdy. 
Gardner Minshew played well for a backup quarterback and proved again that he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. Yeah, we'll we'll disagree on that. Uh, Quarterback rating, other than, I I agree with you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is an imperfect science, imperfect way to rate quarterbacks. Which uh, stat would you use? Well, you, there's, there's, you know, ESPN's is better. Uh, you trust anything ESPN puts out analytically? Uh, well, I assume you're talking about the football power index. But yeah. Yes. I mean, Tony Khan's got his company, True Media. Uh, you got Pro Football Focus. Um, there's a bunch better. You got Football Outsiders. You got um, their DBOA. You got you got uh, Warren Sharp, Sharp uh, analyst, who's been a you know a, a consultant to the Eagles in the past. There's a bunch. There's a bunch better, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's a it's right, it's not right, a good. But stat. a lot of those, including Pro Football Focus and Football Outsiders, and we have guys on from both of those two outlets. Some of it's subjective. I'm talking about just a hard and cold number, not a uh, subjective analysis. Well, I'd rather have subjective and, and, you know, from football people. And again, it depends on who you trust. Like I always say with film work, you know, who do you trust? Follow Brian Balding or whoever of, of the film people. You know, when you know guys know what they're watching, know what they're doing, I'd rather have them then just look at a number and doesn't tell me. I'll go back to Rager again, who stops running. Well, that's not the quarterback's fault. That's not, that is flat out, not the quarterback's fault, but it's on the, the passer rating. So there's a black and white example, as opposed to the, you know, we can talk about 50, 50, 80, 20, 70, 30, whose culpability there's, in the in the Minshew case, there's there's culpability on both sides, but there are times when it's flat out not the quarterback's fault, and it's not shown. And that's where I'd rather have somebody like Baldy looking at the film, saying, "Okay, this is not the quarterback's fault. We're not going to grade him down for that, so to speak." That's that's my only point. My biggest problem with quarterback rating is that it's uh, not even quite passer rating is it doesn't factor in what a guy gives you with his ability to make play with his legs. When you're rating an overall performance of a quarterback, if that is part of his game, that should go into your analysis. And it doesn't in that particular stat. That was that is purely about how you pass the football. But I, I give you a chance, Charlie Mack. And if you can't get it today during the show, I'll, I'll uh, ask you to do so for tomorrow's show. Give me one quarterback rating that has Gardner Minshew's performance against the Cowboys this past week better than the worst of the three games that Brock Purdy has started. Take whichever one ranks the worst, comes out the worst, rated the worst, subjectively judged to be the worst, 
and give me one outlet that rates that performance below what Gardner Minshew Well, I, I, I could do it right off the bat. Uh, Pro Football Focus gave him a 72 uh, overall uh, number. Uh, Brock Purdy is 71.8 as a total, as a as a quarterback, as an NFL. They get Minshew 72 on his performance on? 72. Really? Yeah, oh. he played well. He played I, well. I and and, and for agree. a backup... And for a backup quarterback... Well, they're both backup. Well, actually, excuse me, Purdy's a third-string quarterback. So we're comparing apples to apples. We're not comparing him to another starter. We're comparing him to another backup quarterback. I, I, If, if you're asking me who's a better quarterback, Gardner Minshew or, or Brock Purdy, I'm going to say Gardner Minshew 100 times out of 100. And I give Brock Purdy credit uh, for what he's doing. I'm kind of amazed by what he's doing. I do, you know how much you talk to me enough. You know how much I respect Kyle Shanahan. That's part of it. Um, I I give him all the credit in the world. But I'm I am I'm like a typical Philadelphia fan when it comes to Brock Purdy. And by that I mean I'm looking at the sky, Jody, because the shoe's coming. The other shoe's gonna drop. I don't know when, but it's coming. It's coming. Um but, you know, in the short sample size, I give him all the credit in the world. He's done a tremendous, tremendous job. I mean, that team, right now, right now, when we talk about ESPN football power index, blah, 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 all that nonsense, right now, the best team in professional football is the San Francisco 49ers. Right. And as per ESPN's power index, they're like seventh. Ridiculous. So that's why I'm putting all of ESPN's computer-generated analytics off to the side going, sorry, guys, I can't trust you. If you have San Francisco 7th, I know the top four are. Eagles actually moved up, believe it or not. They moved past Kansas City. They got more credit for playing. I, I haven't closed. looked. Now, where are they now? I haven't. I don't. They're look. third. The Cowboys are first, as they were before, <laughs> and you knew they were going well, to well, be they after they beat be the first. Eagles. The Bills are second, the Eagles third, Kansas City fourth, Cincinnati's fifth. So San Francisco at the highest. You know, that reminds me. I have to see where Pro Football Focus has the Eagles now. Um, Oh, still number one. Still number one. San Francisco, number two. Kansas City, number three. Dallas all the way down at number seven. That's so uh, pro football focus. Different, different strokes for different folks. So that's the beauty of subjectivity. You can see different things. I do like to use numbers, and and numbers can be twisted and can be bent. Uh, but I do think numbers are important. And Brock Purdy's three and zero in the three games that he started in the last three games that Gardner Minshew started. The Eagles are one and two. Just saying. That's that's my point. Well, in- yeah, yeah, but you're come on, Jody. I mean, you're the one who says week 18 doesn't matter in every other instance. But now, because you want to prove a point, it matters. I mean, you got to throw that game out. Gardner Minshew was tremendous in the Jets game. Now, you can say just the Jets. We all know. Everybody said it. It, 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 The JB game, who gives a flip? That's the point. It's not black and white. That's the point. You got to look at each individual circumstance. And the Dallas game? He played better than I expected. I mean, I had the game 23-20. I think we both had the game 23-21. 20, 
He played a hell of a lot better than I expected. I expected rust. I expected, and there was some rust. I hadn't played in a year. I expected some significant hiccups. I expect. I I even might have expected a couple interceptions, but not the way they 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 developed where the where the receiver had a chance to help the quarterback. But yeah, I mean, come on, you got to throw that week. You can't throw it out the rest of the year and say it counts because you want to downgrade Gardner Minshew. All right. And I would also throw out the jet game, not, not to the same degree because the jets were just flat out bad defense last year. So he's and one. Yeah. This was a big game on the road against a very good team. Dallas is very good. So it was a difficult task that he came up short on, including when they got to within the uh, red zone on the last possession a debatable decision to spike the ball rather than use a timeout. And I know the coach came to his defense yesterday and the coach was also defending himself because he could have chosen to use the timeout there rather than spike the football and give it up and down. He had three downs to, to get him into the end zone. He didn't do it. Uh, yeah. You, you and oh, I see the tough, performance of Gardner Major much differently than you're uh, tough. You are a tough grader. I give you that man, backup quarterback. He gets the team in position. Yeah, he didn't finish. Right. But um, a backup quarterback who you and others said he's a good enough to be a starter in the league. I just don't agree with that. I don't yeah, think- tw- yeah, but I'm talking like 27 to 32. I mean, I'm not talking about top 10, top – I'm talking he's, – he's a low-level starting quarterback in this league by meritocracy standpoint. Now, you know, nobody's going to want to uh, build their – their team around them. They're not going to want to sell them to the fan base. All of that stuff I agree with. Um, but yeah, just from a maritime, he's 27, he's 27 to 32. You think there's there's 32 better quarterbacks in the world than Gardner Minshew? I, I don't see it. Yeah, I do. Um, I, 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 if we're talking 35, 27, somewhere in that eight. Yeah, I do believe he's on the other side of it. And I absolutely believe I said this to a caller the other day on WIP. Uh, if you can, if you'd like to make a wager on him being an opening day starter in the national football league this year, I'll take as much as you want to put on the line. It has no chance of happening in the NFL next year. So to me, if he can't start for an NFL team on opening day, he's not a starting quarterback. Different ways to look at it. All right, Mac and Mac guys, uh, we will be joined by Chris Franklin. I see him ready to rock. He's going to jump aboard with us next year on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. The Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We are joined by our buddy from NJ.com. Still got the Christmas tree in the background looking good. Chris Franklin here with us on Birds 365. All right, Franklin, here's where we got to start. On a scale of A plus to F, what grade do you give Gardner Minshew for his performance against the Cowboys on Saturday? I give him a solid B. I thought he stepped in given a situation. And the way that he his decision making, I, th- I think he had to be. It probably would have been, you know, I'll go B minus because I'm probably even some of his interceptions. One of them, I think he could th- put the ball that first one. I thought he could put the ball in a better spot to give uh, Watkins a chance to make the catch. But I think overall, when you look at the way he played, he, he deserved. He played good, and I, th- I think that's for, that's the B range for him. Now, are you um, grading him on a backup curve or just a flat out? Compared to Jalen Hurts uh, replacing the Eagles' starting quarterback grade, a little bit both. I thought, like, like when you look at the situation, like basically coming in, starting national game, four twenty-five in the on the road with a pretty loud crowd, surprisingly loud crowd. I thought it, I thought it'd be more Eagles fans there. There was still a good bunch. I thought it'd be a little bit more as well too. But I thought, given how loud the situation, doing that, and then also when you look at the way this offense changed, basically tailored to him instead of like the team running a lot of the designed run stuff and, and going on the fly there. I thought he did for what he did. I think he did a good job. All right. All I wanted for Christmas, Chris Franklin, was the Chris Franklin culpability meter. So we've been talking about these <laughs> interceptions and, and Gardner versus Quez. So it could be 50-50. I wanted, I want a Chris Franklin culpability scale. Is it more on – Gardner, a couple poor throws. They weren't great throws. Or was it more on Quez 
not at least fighting for the football and turning interceptions into you don't got to catch the ball turn it into an incompletion where's your your culpability meter i probably put it 60 40 on quest because what i think especially when a time on a timing route like that you have to know the ball is going to be coming toward the area in the balls we release you have to know that you're going to be the option on that play at the same time if it's going to be a timing route you have to make sure you put that ball in a spot on time and accurately in a position where your receiver can have a was able to catch within that catching radius and then I went to look around for any receiver. I know even if it's a clay out route, especially with this offense, you can't take for granted like, Oh, the ball's not coming to me because we've seen many a times this year, no matter who the quarterback was that the ball, there, there's a chance it's going to come at any time. Even if it's a clear out route, you're just going down the field and all of a sudden you find yourself wide open. Quarterback's going to try to find you. So I think the way that uh, I, I think I slightly say Quez was more at fault when it comes to a lot when it came to that stuff, because you always have to look back at the ball and, and fight for it if you see it coming that way. But I thought that ball could have been in a spot where it could have been better for him to make a catch, too. Here's where I think it's at least 50-50. The quarterback decided to put that ball in that window. Uh, Quez is going to go out. He's going to run his route. Hopefully, he's believing the ball's coming to him on every single play. You got to know it's not, but you have to you have to react and you have to be in the mindset. The ball is coming to me. But the quarterback's the one who determines where to throw it. And he decided to throw it to Quez. He's not pumping 250 in the weight room. Watkins over the middle in the traffic. That's on the quarterback. See, and also you, you mentioned something there too. And, I, and it's, I've seen a couple of times. I just want to see it more consistency. And that's with, with all the receivers a little bit sometimes too. It's like, I know, I know you go through the progressions and on a play, they have the progressions, even in the playbooks. There's one, two, three, four, what have you, stuff like that. But it, it makes the offense more tough to defend when you give yourself a look every time, like you're going to get the ball and you even look back because you got to keep all the defensive, the secondary honest because they're reading off the guys. They're reading off the secondary guys themselves. So if the guy's looking and all of a sudden they raise their hands up and looking back, I think, Oh, I got the ball. Well, if you're not getting the ball and you're clearing out and you look back, you basically can freeze a guy to maybe have an extra half yard yard separation. So I think it's more of a consistency thing throughout that whole entire receiving court. All right, Chris, it's a happy Tuesday. It's not going to be happy for our, <laughs> our boy, JG. Third and 30, um, you know, fourth and 26 is famous in this town. Now third and 30 will be infamous. Um, you saw the zone numbers. Now Nick went into the weeds talking about cover three, cover two, cover six, blah, blah, blah. Dak, uh according to next-gen stats, was 24 of 24 when the Eagles were playing zone defense. And there is a lot of context to that, but those numbers aren't good. (laughs) 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 Well, to me, and and I talk to Jody all the time about this, so many teams play the Fangio-style defense now in the NFL, and you see it all over the league. When, when you have miscommunication in the back end, it's blown coverage after blown coverage after blown coverage. So where, where's that demarcation line? When, when if, if things are so complicated that you're having miscommunications, should you let should you make them less complicated? Yeah, I think that, that I think that goes to the defensive coordinator and that, and that I think it goes on again and because when you look at the way, it, especially with how young 
after Devontae Max left, that was a very, very inexperienced secondary in the back end as well, too. Because you have Marcus Epps, even though he's played a little bit as well, too. He's he's a solid guy. He's because you're a veteran in that back end. Then you have Josiah Scott, you know, Reed Blankenship back there. And it gets to a point where if I mean that was a I, I in theory, I like that play design where you have the slot guy going back to you as your other safety, but when you have guys like Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship who granted still are like I, I, to me, I still look at them as like they haven't had a full 16 games as a starter. So to me, they're like, it's all in effect, it's almost like rookies in a way. But even though they're not, well, Reed, but the is Scott's not. I look at that, it's like, okay, you, you, maybe you got to roll a different way. And even if it means you have to go switch up to, to a straight man, not that matchup zone, or that, just give them a different look to throw well, You don't want to play straight man up. on third and 30. I mean, well, if that's ever you know, a time for Jim Schwartz to bring back the sticks. No, no, pick it for no exactly right. See, the reason I say that because you got to give them something they're not expecting. I think when you look at a, a, a cover four, they're just going to probably, try, I know you can try to dump it off, try to get off the field that way too, but I think they were probably going to expect, I think they were expecting probably to see like a cover four as well too. That's why I think we saw the route that we did as well too. So um, you got to throw something that they're not expecting. I'm not saying throw a zone blitz where you have like, Javon Hargrave or Brandon Graham going back into the back zone, trying to throw him off that way. But you got to do that. Bring some pre- extra pressure. I know it's not his MO, but you bring some extra, do something to slow it up. But I think when, you have to, when it comes to that back in secondary, that complex of a, of a scheme or something like that with those, like, like a Rose Neophytes where they're back there it is kind of rough. All right. Uh, on that particular play, third and 30, it's Josiah Scott and uh Darius Slay in coverage. Those are two cornerbacks. Where are the safeties? How do you have a guy get 30 yards downfield and a safety can't even get into the picture that they're showing you on TV? How, how is that a well-designed defense on that play? I think it's a lot of, wait, wait, it's the wrong key. You start looking down a little bit more and toward the box, you got his eye on the wrong guy, and that's where it kind of comes that way too because – and then he also, the other one was Scott was supposed to go back. And it was supposed to basically cover two. So Scott, that was one one. Scott thought, was supposed see, to be I thought two. it was cover three, Chris. I thought Scott was supposed. Now, when I watched it, because I wasn't in Dallas, you were, so you had a better view. When I watched it on TV, I'm like, what the hell is Slay doing? It looked like he just <laughs> let him get. But then, as I saw the, the all 22, it looked like Scott was supposed to race back sort of that mirrored safety position. Uh, in a cover three look, and he was supposed to be the deep guy, and he just uh, blew it, miscommunication, as I said. But, yeah, I don't know. I You said cover four. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were running, but it looked like to me that Scott was supposed to be the deep guy. Uh, yeah, that that Scott was definitely was supposed to be the guy. Yeah, they were going to run the slot guy back to cover the deep half of that yeah. on that play. And then the problem was, it's like he, he hesitated, just that little thing's like, Oh wait! I'm so like he was like, oh, I'm gonna cover. Oh wait, I'm supposed to go back and cover that deep half, and that little hesitation for like a second. He was supposed to rotate because they were running this. Blake was supposed to be running more toward the inline box, inline thing. It was supposed to be Scott that was supposed to get that other half, and he hesitated. And once that happened, went over the top and, and, and hit him. Certainly, certainly shame on Josiah Scott, but there's a whole bunch of shame to go Darius Slay's way as way as well. He let him release at about, what, the eight-yard mark? The receiver went by him about eight yards in, and Darius is is cheating up in case there's a throw in the flat. You got to carry him for more than eight yards on third and 30. 
there are certain plays that, yeah, the cornerback, if he's going to release him to the safety, does so at the eight-yard mark. Not on third and 30, you don't. That's on big play slay. But also, I think he's thinking that, that, like, if Scott's going back that deep and somebody's supposed to know, like, the assignment and go immediately back there, he should have had – that's that, to me, that's all squirrely with Scott when he comes yeah, to play because he's failing that, that just to turn him off. That's what's so tough about this defense, especially when you, when, for fans when you're watching it on, on television because I got that viewpoint, which sucks, by the way. But yeah. um, <laughs> um, because, you know, it looks in so many – again, so many defenses around the NFL play this um, style of defense. And when you see these blown coverages, everybody goes to the last guy chasing – the receiver oh it's his fault and it's nine times out of ten it isn't his fault somebody else blew the coverage and he's trying to make up for it and chase the the receiver down it it doesn't just happen in philadelphia it happens all over the nfl the eagles happen to be the best at it and you see these miscommunications all the time drives me nuts chris that's my biggest problem with this defense to me, the matchup zone aspect of it is because you have to have everybody. I know it sounds like we're talking about John Cheney and basketball, but with this matchup zone, you need it's really a lot of communication. Make sure yeah. you're that one because it gives you a man look. It it's gives you a man much. look. Make sure it's you know what? If you want to play cover two, go play cover two. Make it simple, especially with younger players. And and you brought up Josiah Scott, Reed Blankenship. You can't ask these guys to be Bradbury and Slay. And got you know have all this great communication and and savviness. That's my biggest problem with Jonathan Gannon. The expectation that Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship are going to communicate like Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Avante Maddox. And I think when you I think if if it was more of things like he had had a week to prepare for it, okay, maybe you do it. But especially when you throw him in the middle of the fire halfway through the game because. The way the way you you start to see how they started to use Avante Avante Scott uh, Maddox, well, almost mixed them up there. Avante Maddox, and you started seeing like the way they the blitzes and, and some of those intricate sec- coverage. And everything. Now, What's he's that got, now he's got a like, hybrid role, so they they put more yeah. on Avante's plate, um, which is great when he's out there. Unfortunately, he's not been out there far too much. But boy, man, he better scale things back if these young players got to continue to play because. You're, you're going to see all those blown coverages that happen to the rest of the NFL. You're going to start seeing them in Philadelphia, and you saw it on third and 30. How can that happen? Miscommunication. All right, uh, Chris, I've got a question for you, and John, I need you to jump in here as well. Who does Arsh Denota report to first after he examines Jalen Hurts on – Whatever the big decision day is, Wednesday, Thursday, John and I were actually surprised. We did have we had John earlier before uh, the decision was made that Jalen Hurts wasn't playing in the Cowboy uh, game. We were surprised that they came out with it as early in the week as they did. We thought they'd take it all the way up till Saturday and kind of surprise the Cowboys with who the starting quarterback's going to be. So I got no idea when they're going to make the decision on Jalen this week since they did a, a 180 on its last week. Who does Arch Denota talk to first? Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. I think it's a conference call, but I think if anything, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it'll go to Howie first, if anything. Oh, I think yeah. we look at that. Anyway, so then make the decisions. Cause I think he has to 
even when it comes down to the slightest of roster management and everything else, I think he goes to Howie first and then and then 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 the Nick as well too. I would be surprised if they had a conference call yeah, about that as well. Does hurt status have anything to do with a roster decision? It really doesn't. Not 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 this week. I thought I would think last week it would have, especially with move Justin everything around and Elvin Book and all that other fun stuff. But I think this week it's not as much on right. that. And they didn't do anything yeah, last true. week, so I doubt they were doing anything this week. So it's really not a roster decision. So should it be Howie or should he be mm. uh, communicating directly with the coach? I think it's still Howie. I mean, he's got to look oversee everything else when it comes to that. I think that's I just think it's the way to do it. I really think they have just a conference call and just go, hey, this is what we have, guys. This is what's going on and what they have do you. it together. You know, so I think that's why I personally think if the coach get the general manager in the same room, let me give my report to both of them at the same time. That's why I really think that's why I really think happens on that in that aspect. And then that way they start doing their discussions and go, okay, well, I found this out. Okay, well, you do this, blah, blah, blah. Could Howie go in there and just go, hey, you, you got a little heads up here? Sure, I could. But I think more, it's, it's more at the same time and they find out. Maybe even a text. Who knows? <laughs> um, I want to talk about Jalen's injury from the perspective of Lane Johnson, if that changes anything for you, Chris Franklin. Because, um, you know, if he's 100% he plays, you know. And if there's some gray area, how much does not having Lane Johnson affect your decision? Because what are we at now? 900 and whatever snaps have not given up a sack. Um, NFL record, at least since they've been charting these things. Um, Jack Triscoll's a good backup. Jordan Mylotta can play right tackle. If you want to go that route, you can put Andre Dillard at left tackle. But whatever you do, it's not Lane Johnson. It's not Lane Johnson. So if there's some debate, if there's some gray area, maybe it's 70-30 Jalen Hurts playing versus not playing. If you just say, you know what? Lane's not out there. I'm not going to put my quarterback at risk. If it was somebody who didn't have as many snaps as Driscoll, then I'd probably say sit him out if Jalen was 100%. But if it was more like, say, if they move – Dillard, I'd rather feel I feel more comfortable if they kept my lot on the back because I think he's been doing what he's doing. And Driscoll's played right tackle enough that I think it's okay. Now, if it was something like where you had like Sewell Pata and Driscoll in there, and basically like basically having like three fifths of your starting offensive line there, I'm saying, right, no, 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 hold them out. What's one thing? I think they can still manage their own with having Driscoll playing on that right tackle side. I think he's I, personally, I think he's a better right tackle of all the three positions he's played. I think he's best as that right tackle. So I feel a little bit more comfortable with him. I'm not dropping back 40, 50 times with that. Cause I don't want to basically you, you don't want to expose them to that, to that aspect a little bit more, but I think it, I, I'm not as worried as it. I feel like you, I still think you could do some of those elaborate, like full blocks and stunts and blocks and everything else like that with, with Driscoll may, was it going to be as effective as much as it was with Lane Johnson? No, because Lane Johnson is just playing out of his mind right now. I mean, not, you know what I mean? Sacks. He only had to give up one hit so far this year. And that was back in week seven. Like the guy was playing, out of his mind. So I think it's, if it's Driscoll, if they do start doing the mix, mixing things up, like say, okay, Andre Diller, I know he played well at the left tackle spot, and then they switch over my lot of the right tackle, I'm like, eh, I'm well, hasn't it? But if you just plug and play Driscoll, I'm all right with it. Well, uh, Chris, was Dallas Goddard underused Saturday against the Cowboys? I think so. I really think so, because I think when you look at the way the Cowboys are playing, you look at the way that the chemistry that he's built over time with Gardner Minshew, apparently, even in a short 
those short amount of time, they, they seemed to have something that was going there in themselves. I thought you, I know you had stuff clicking here and there when it came to the outside of Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, but I feel like in the middle over there, you could have really started to make them think a little bit more. And you saw what happened when you targeted them. He was able to make some Goddard made some really good catches. So I thought it could have been a few more targets thrown his way, and 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 it would have been all right. right. But yeah, he, he was he was a little underused, I think. Do you think that had something to do with the absence, the the fact that he was down five games, missed five games, and that they wanted to sort of ease him into things rather than just uh, throw him into the deep end of the pool, so to speak? I think with a guy like Goddard, if he's a hundred percent, especially in a game like that, you gotta throw you you can't hold him back. And they shouldn't have hold, held him back. I think especially when you look at the way what he brings to that offense, it adds it to a whole nother dimension in in the middle of the field. So even though it may have been if it that was the case, I'm not I don't agree with it personally if that was the case, but I think he's if he's healthy enough and he's out there in the field, you can't hold him back. You gotta you gotta let this whole offense flow as it may, especially with Get given, man. You need every weapon to help your backup quarterback as much as you could. Other than the four offensive linemen and Gardner Minshew, Dallas Goddard played the most snaps. So if they're bringing him along slowly, not via snap count because he was out there for ninety-four percent of the offensive snaps. So uh, I, I question whether uh, the quarterback got him the ball uh, as much as they could have, uh, more so than the scheme to protect him and, and bring him along slowly. All right, New Orleans on on Sunday. Should Gardner Minshew just be able to go out and beat them because they're the Saints? I think so. I mean, it's it's not going to be as easy. It's not as easy as it sounds. That Saints defense, the strength of that team is definitely the defense by far. Because I'm sorry, Andy Dalton just scared personally, but that point, I think that the strength of that defense, yeah. that defense is 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 the sure strength of that one too. So I think overall. And we keep hearing this complimentary football, complimentary football. I think the Eagles' defense can stifle. And I would be surprised if they took away a couple more chances on uh, fourth down because I think this defense – I know it's hard saying this off of that Cowboys game, watching that go around, but I think there's a difference, big difference between Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott. But I think this is one of those games where overall maybe we see a couple more fourth down tries because you can – I think you can handle that Saints offense. And then I think I think that he can – I think he could do enough to go as his defense. It's, it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be one of those games where you're sitting around being a nail by like we saw last week. John, let me jump in here for a second. <clears throat> Does Dak Prescott call his ex-teammate, ex-quarterback room buddy, Andy Dalton, and give me tips on how to beat the Eagles this week? No, it'll be one. Probably just right in the section. Good luck, man. See that one of those things doing that now. Nah, just about the it. good luck, man. No breakdown. So. You can suck slay up on a third and thirty type play. Really, he's not going to go Maybe. there. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy, for, for Dak and he's just on the group. The, the group takes more Happy New Year click, and then no, that was something like that. <laughs> a little Happy New Year's. Ball yeah, what's he going to say? Like uh, <laughs> play uh, play crappy situational football at the end and just assume you're going to come out with the win. Yeah, I don't I hope the defense gets four. Tu- oh, and your defense better get four yeah. turnovers to even have a shot. They probably I, need six know, for safety. Six. One, <laughs> one thing about Andy Dalton you don't have to worry about is he's not going to make a lot of mistakes from a mental standpoint. The problem is you got a Matt Ryan situation <laughs> developing. I mean, he knows what to do. Um, just probably can't do it any longer would be my issue with the saints and that, but you know, I do love 
Chris Olave. Oh, he's good. Olave he, didn't play this past week. Do we know where he's going to be? Able I don't play know. I don't know. Week? But it, it, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, it would have helped if it seems like the weather's going to uh, get a little bit warmer. That would have helped as well if it were a cold day uh, against New Orleans. Yet yeah, there's players. I mean, you know, Honey Badger's there. Uh, yeah, he's having a great year. Um, you know, Marshawn Lattimore's not having his best year. He's been hurt. I don't know if he's back or what's going on with him. We know Cam Jordan. Demario Davis is a great player um, at linebacker. They have some, you know, Alvin Kamara, obviously. They have some good players. But, man, I don't, I don't get why Jameis Winston isn't the quarterback. Not that Jameis Winston isn't great, is great, but at least he gives you some kind of threat. Where's Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. Either either one of them are throwing the two guys named Johnson, of which I know neither, and a Rashid. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Their wide receiver core is decimated. Uh, I don't know that Jalen MVP Hurts could go down there and put up big numbers with what New Orleans has at the wideout spot right now. How about Taysom Hill? How much Taysom Hill are we going to see at quarterback? Oh, please, no. That's... (laughs) I know it's a whole different breed of quarterback now with the more running team. Please, no, I'm just that, that whole experiment. I think it's he's more of a tight end. He's good. He's good for what he does. I'll put it that way. But uh, I think overall, I, I'm still shocked. James has gone. I don't know if it's one of those things where it's, you have a defensive coach, minded coach, and they're thinking more. Hey, we want to possess the ball. I don't want anybody making turnovers so I can get my defense on and off the field and keep that my strength. But I think James to me. If anything, if you want to have a shot, I think you have to use Jameis, especially with the speed of these wide receivers. Like he he's more dynamic. Does he turn the ball over a lot? It's, it's high risk, high reward with him. Yeah. And, and that's why I think the, Eagles, the 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 reason I think you're right, Chris, and I think the reason the Eagles are going to win the game is Dennis Allen. Yeah, he's playing, you know, he's playing old school football in the new school environment, and you're you're up against it before you even hit the field. Um, yeah. That's part of the problem. It's it's uh, and I, and you see it now. You see why all these people are going with offensive coaches because they want to see the the points and everything else. I think it's one of the things where you start looking at defensive coaches and start going. Eh, it, when you get to games like this down late in the season, or, or depending on your, the way this roster built and everything else, you start looking like, why are you doing this? Like you, you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to take some shots with your offense. I know your defense is your baby and that's your bread and butter, and you want to overexpose them, but. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take some shots and be more aggressive. And I don't see the Saints doing that. With, with All right. last one for me, Chris. If the needle was here before this past week, one side Jonathan Gannon gets a job as a head coach in the NFL. The other side Shane Steichen gets a job as a head coach in the NFL. How much did the needle move one way or the other off the game against the Cowboys this past Saturday? I think it was barely. I think Steichen's just Steichen's to me is the top candidate right now. Just basically what this offense is doing, what he has, everything on it, and then his experience developing quarterbacks. And we know this is going to be a quarterback, very quarterback heavy draft. And you're going to want somebody who can learn to develop these guys and put them in good positions and help them grow and get better. And I think that Steichen is going to do that. And so when you start looking at some of these teams at the top, I think now too, again, still going to get, still thought very highly of. I think he's still going to get a, a shot somewhere. This year, but I think Steichen to me is just yeah. Steichen's Steichen. I would be shocked if Steichen's not a head coach. Uh, Everybody's going to look for Sean Payton first. He's first on everybody's list. Denver, 
uh, moved on from the tanning. What a disaster that Ugh. was! But uh, what touched that John um, pole? Yeah, Shane. <laughs> if you can't get Sean Payton, I think Shane's going to be in the mix pretty much most places. Um, yeah. and, and there's uh, that offense, defense. You know, defensive guys have a tougher road. For for a discussion for another day, Chris. Uh, heavy quarterback draft shouldn't be. Feel free to watch Will Levis in his uh, bowl game this week. Anthony Richards isn't even going to play in his bowl game. There's two quarterbacks in this draft, and then there's a massive drop-off, just my opinion. Uh, we will look for your opinion on that and the Eagles every single week. Chris, thanks for jumping in today. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one now. Happy New Year to everybody. That is NJ.com's only. At C. Franklin News, NJ.com. You can uh, catch Chris with us. He's with us uh, every single week, and we appreciate when he does hop on. All right, uh, we're getting out. I'm getting out. Uh, Johnny Mac, you, uh, Tone, going to give you a helping hand to get to the I believe so. I believe so. We'll see if Tone is healthy enough to do it. You know, he's been uh, been down with that call. See, now, uh, I'm not going to get involved with this because I need to exit stage left a couple minutes early today. So I'm not going to be the guy who says Tone should play through pain. Uh, not on me. Not uh, not gonna be on me. Got to fight this for that football tone. Unlike the Eagles, who are not gonna let Jalen Hurts make the call, we're gonna let Tone make the call on this on whether he jumps in with you. Johnny Mac coming back here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the Six ABC Family of Apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. 
Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Welcome back to Birds 365 for the final 20 minutes. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, John McMullen. Man, great show, you guys, so far. And, um, John, I have a question for you. I'm not sure if you answered it already, but there's something that was on my mind that I, I, I just had to get off really quickly. Did you learn anything differently about these Philadelphia Eagles and or the Dallas Cowboys after this matchup on Christmas Eve? No, not really. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not even concerned about the game. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm more concerned about the injuries to Lane Johnson and Bonte Maddox. We got to talk about the game, obviously. And boy, Jody really doesn't like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I, he was I, I, he was giving Gardner hell. I didn't see man. I I thought he played well. I I don't know. He's limited, but I thought he played well, um, especially in in the backup role. Um, yeah, no, I mean. Jalen wasn't out there. We all knew he wasn't same as week six with Cowboys and Cooper Rush. You know, maybe in the divisional round, we'll finally get the Eagles Cowboys at, with with both of their starting quarterbacks. And I think if that's the case, I mean, here's here's how I look at it from an Eagles perspective. You, you, you had a chance to win the game with the backup quarterback. You turned it over four times. You still got well over 400 yards of offense and, and all those points. Um, no, I'm, I wouldn't be concerned about that part of it at all. And I'm not even bringing up the difficult spot of Christmas Eve and Dallas third consecutive road game. No, I mean, Dallas is the one that hung on and survived. Dallas should have won that game, should have won that game. Now they did win it, but they had a real difficult time getting there. Yeah, you know, you brought up the turnovers and six turnovers in the past two games. This Philadelphia Eagles team is starting to kind of come off the rails a little bit in terms of taking care of the football. Now, obviously, you know, the coaching staff hates to bring up the word luck. But, you know, when you when you have the ball in, in, in your possession and you're the one giving it up, you know, you have to focus on the things you can control. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is one of those guys that's always preaching, you know, we focus on what we can control. We keep the main thing the main thing. Um, has securing the has securing the football not been the main thing? No, it's always the main thing. You know, you go in. I'll be at the Novacare Complex in a couple hours, and you know, when you go in the auditorium on the one side, it it's got a big bat head like poster about uh, ball security. The other side about turning it over from a defensive perspective. I mean. They're always focused on it. The problem is they've gotten a little bit sloppy, and we talked about Quez Watkins. I mean, I, I it, you know, Chris said 60 40. I'd, I'd go 80 20. Um, 80 with, 20 on Quez? Yeah, 80 wow. 20 on Quez. Uh, for this reason, I think a lot of people are saying, catch the ball, you know, can he catch the ball, contested catch? 
to me at that point, it's not about a it's about making it an incompletion. I don't care if it's an incompletion. You just got to make sure the defender doesn't get it. Um, and it's a bad job by Quest. So if you look at those turnovers, that's three in 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 two weeks on. on and by the way, in Chicago, I don't think it was as much Quez's fault. I, I think that was a bad throw by Jalen. Um, Dallas, I think, was more on Quez. Um, that, and then the other ones, Boston's got, <clears throat> you know, a mesh point fumble. He doesn't practice a lot with Gardner Minshew, um, you know, at least with the first team, obviously. Um, so maybe that's a little bit understandable, not acceptable, but understandable. And then Miles, it's just that's a bad fumble. So, you know, Miles went 13 games uh, with no fumbles lost, and now he's got two games in a row where he's lost the fumble. So you got to tighten that up. But, uh, you know, the Eagles are 13-0 and when they don't turn it over four times. To me, the, the formula is pretty simple. You know, don't turn it over four times. Yeah, and it's strange because it's identical to that Washington Commanders game. They turned the ball over four times, you know, not three times, you know, not two times, four times. And they still find ways to stay in the game to keep not only keep the game, keep the game competitive, but was, well, that's the part I don't have it in get, their grasp. I don't get they had four. I don't know what the number was. I'd have to pull it up. Well over 400 yards of offense. Yeah. With with a backup quarterback, that game was actually pretty identical. If you if you look at the team stats between the two teams, and I know you're not really a stat guy, um, but those both those teams played pretty identical games in terms of um third down conversion, um total yardage, um, you know, they oh, yeah, were, it was uh... it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty straight down the middle game. If you look at the stats, the the largest differential is the turnovers. That was the that was the deciding factor in the game. Oh yeah, no question. Um, you know, if they if the Eagles turn it over once or even twice, they win the football game. Um, obviously, if they don't turn it uh, over at all, they probably win pretty significantly. To be honest, uh, but yeah, four hundred forty-two yards of total offense. And remember, where they really <clears throat> missed Jalen Hurts was in the run game. Uh, because they did a lot of the inside zone that fans were clamoring for and be careful what you wish for. Because when you don't have the the threat of Jalen Hurts pulling it and, and taking it out the backside, all of a sudden it becomes much tougher to run traditional inside zone. The Eagles saw that. I think Miles averaged like three yards, 3.1 yards a carry. Did this game That's, prove just how valuable he is not not only to this team, but to Miles Sanders' production this season. Oh as well. my God, yeah. Um, I mean, his if there's one player everybody's looking at, you know, quarterbacks elevating players around them, and they'll say, you know, AJ's great, Devontae's great, Dallas is great, and they can say that and say that. And if there's one player you can point to and say, this is obvious of who Jalen Hurts has elevated, it's Miles Sanders. It's Miles Sanders. Um, it is a much tougher road running the football when Jalen is not is not out there, even with a great offensive line. 
Yeah, at times you saw in that game where um, things broke down on the Cowboys side, and if they had Jalen Hurts out there, he would have took off for at least 15, 20 yards. You know, it, but obviously they didn't. They didn't have to account for that. But you know, why, why, why do you think it's so hard for people to believe that Jalen Hurts is elevating the guys around him and not the other way around? Not saying that AJ Brown and Devontae aren't elevating his game or making it easier for him. That's a fact. But it just seems as though people are so resistant to believing or even considering that Jalen Hurts could be elevating guys. They want to be right. You know, Uh, you know, look at, look at the world in general um, in far bigger issues. Everybody, not everybody, but there's, there's a whole lot of people that value being right above anything else. And they want to be right. And they said, Jalen Hurts can't do this. Jalen Hurts can't do that. And that's all when you go back to the preseason and people still post clips of me saying Jalen Hurts can't do this, Jalen Hurts can't do that. I don't care. That was my opinion at the time. I've since changed my opinion, right. you know, because I see it. Um, and I see it every week. Um, you know, so it's not the dunk that people think it is. It, <laughs> where the dunk is is the people that refuse to acknowledge what's in front of their face. And there's a whole there's a whole lot more of those people than there are of objective people who just watch what they see. Anybody who thought Jalen Hurts was going to be an MVP candidate before the season is one of two things. A liar or just a, such a rabid Eagles fan that whoever is playing quarterback, they're going to say is going to be MVP. I mean, anybody who says they saw this coming, come on, be honest with yourself. You can do that. You, you can look in the mirror, be honest with yourself. On the other hand, the people who say, oh, Jalen Hurts is this, Jalen Hurts is that, and he can't do this and he can't do that after he's done this and he's done that. They're just as bad on the other side of the spectrum. But I, you know, Micah Parsons after the game, it was on inside the NFL, by the way. Um, talking to, I think he was talking to Jordan, Jordan Mylotta, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. He, he, he's got no problem. All that was a bunch of, you know, what and, you know, just respect between players and, and great players. Um, the Eagles weren't upset about it. You know, so people blow up stuff is what I'm trying to say, Tim. Hey, listen, that's that's exactly what they get paid to do. Um, we got a few minutes left in the show before we get out of here. It's one more thing I want to broach with you, um, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. A player who, in my opinion, who has gotten a lot of criticism throughout the years, but he's elevated his game year after year after year. And this season, he's elevated his game to a level that maybe I didn't really see coming. I knew he had it in him but I didn't expect it to happen the way it's been happening. And uh, that's Josh Sweat. You know, over this past month, he has um, just over six sacks, a, f- a forced fumble, I believe, a, a interception, a, a touchdown. He, he, he's, he, he's, he's going off, John. And, you know, I'm just curious to hear your perspective on um, Josh Sweat's, uh, you know, development uh, as a pass rusher, um, develop, his, 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 his development as an official three-down uh, lineman. And just overall, uh, his, his impact on this defense. Now, it, you know, my only concern with Josh Sweat was health. I mean, for those who don't know, 
uh, Josh had a really, really significant injury way back in high school. He was a um, five-star recruit. He was one of the top 10 recruits in the country and had a catastrophic uh, knee and leg injury that threatened his very career. Um, it took a long time to get back. I always joke if Hollywood is doing a you know football movie and they want an edge rusher, they're gonna they're gonna cast Josh Sweat. He just looks like an edge rusher. I mean, big, long, fast, physical. You saw him snaring the interception. I mean, he's he's like a praying mantis out there. He's so long. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's he still has to play with a, a knee brace. Um, and he's always going to, and he's, he's never going to take it off, but, uh, he's, he's got first round talent and he was, and he, and he fell to the fourth round because of those concerns. Um, and the Eagles rolled the dice and he's staying healthy and he's proven that he was what he was way back in Chesapeake, Virginia, five-star recruit was supposed to be one of the best uh, pass rushers in the nation. Um, was also, you know, played out of position at Florida State. Just really, really talented. I think people don't realize because all they look at is, oh, he's a fourth-round pick. Well, he was a fourth-round pick for a reason, uh, and it wasn't because he was 6'5 and 265 and can rush the pass or people were concerned about long-term um, the long-term uh, uh, shelf life and things like that. Yeah, you know, going to the playoffs, this pass rush is going to be really important. And I know they're weak right now in the DB room because of injuries. You know, Avante Maddox going down. Um, we still don't know when CJ, uh, GJ is going to um, come back. But, you know, really quickly, John, you know, speak on just how important this pass rush will be uh, once the playoffs kick off because it seems like this Eagles pass rush, Hassan Reddick and those boys, all those guys are starting to – are beginning to hit their swing at the right time. And I'm not saying any signs slowing down. No, I mean, it, it, it's a great pass rush, but you know, since people hate JG, I always bring this up. And it, it, if there was ever game to approve, uh, uh, prove it, this was the game because six sacks, the Eagles got six sacks and the Cowboys got how many? Zero. <laughs> and who won Who's the it? football game? So when JG says stats, Sacks are not a winning stat. He says it in good times and bad times. Um, they're not a winning stat. There's a, there's a lot of – we talked about randomness in this show. There's a lot of randomness to sacks. Um, you got to be, be playing a quarterback that is willing to give you sacks. You know, if you're playing Tom Brady and you get three, you're having a good day. Um, you know, you play Ryan Tannehill – and Justin Fields and guys like that and Dak Prescott as well who give you an opportunity to get sacks, you'll get some sacks. But they're not a winning stat, and that breaks Philadelphia's heart. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, great show uh, thus far, you guys. You guys are locked in on Birds 365. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged on the content. We appreciate you as always. John, you're going to be here tomorrow, right? I am planning on everybody's day to day, Tom. But I, hey, I trust me, don't I know it? it. <laughs> no. Don't I know it? 
Oh, man. You guys have been locked in on Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tone. This shows the second fill in for Jody Mack. Keep it locked, you guys. The football playbook is next. We'll see you guys in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.